We'll start with JPR's roundup of this week's news stories on The Debrief. Our regional reporting includes a new affordable housing community in Talent, a mental health and dentistry wellness center in Reading, and there are a host of holiday plays in the region. JPR News Director Eric Newman joins JPR reporter Jane Vaughn. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm here just with Jane. Roman is out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jane, we're going to start with a story that you covered about a new apartment complex in Talent. Um, give us some background about why this apartment complex is important. Yeah, so it all goes back to the 2020 Labor Day wildfires, which a lot of us remember. The Almeda fire was the was the big one. Talent was hit especially hard. A lot of people lost their homes, especially the local Latino population were really disproportionately impacted by that. And so since then, there's been a lot of people working with UNETE, which is a, a local group that works with local farm workers and local Latino population trying to get everybody housed. And so it is just a, just a big deal for the town to have all this new housing. A lot of people have been really without permanent housing for over three years since since yeah. the fires happened. And this is 72 new apartments. So um, it's been sort of a long time coming. We've been working in a lot of different ways to try to rebuild this lost housing, but there's not always really been success. Um, I covered a story this summer that there were supposed to be dozens of new modular homes in Phoenix that were meant for fire survivors, and then the state found them uninhabitable. So mm-hmm. this uh, apartment complex in Talent is really a, a victory for, for the uh, fire recovery. That's great. So tell us about these new apartments. Yeah, so there was a, a grand opening on Wednesday. They're called Renaissance Flats is the name of the, the complex. They offer two and three bedroom apartments. There's um, six buildings, so it is kind of a complex, and there's also a clubhouse building. Um, they're supposed to be affordable, so so people can, can afford to, to move back to live there, um, and they're prioritized specifically for uh, mostly these wildfire survivors, people who lost their homes. Um, and a lot of the funding for this came from the state agency, Oregon Housing and Community Services, which is great. So it's all sort of coming together. Great. So um, what did you hear from residents who live there? So they started moving in actually in early October. Like I said, they didn't have the, the grand opening until this week, but they had um, some people starting to move in early. They finished the construction up early. Um, I did get to talk to, to one resident. A lot of them were working at this point because it was on a you know Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talked to this guy named Juan Rocha who lost his home in the Almeda fire, and he recently moved into the Renaissance Flats apartment complex with his three kids. And he said he really appreciates how accessible the neighborhood is. That, that's very nice, especially I have my break kids with me so it's it's good because I have everything here even they can walk and they can go anywhere I have the park and I have everything here all the stores so that's one and um, it's important to note also that 70 to 80 percent of the new residents in this complex are from the local Latino community so really trying to to fill that need and I I talked to someone from the uh, developer's office and he says that 20 to 25 of the apartments are already occupied out of 72 Mm. and there's obviously really high demand and there's a really long wait list so I'm sure they're going to fill up. Yeah. Well, we will continue on the good news front with another story that you worked on this week, which is about a new mental health care and dental care clinic that's coming to Reading. Um, why are those two specialties being combined in this new place? It seems kind of weird, but it's basically just because they need both of them. There's a really mm-hmm. high need for both um, mental health care and dental care, mm-hmm. and the region has a has a lack of that. And um, this is all being done by the Reading Rancheria, which is a tribe in far northern California, and they say they really just want to help um, underserved populations. There's a big need there for those two things. So they're not, they can sometimes be related, but they're not really, they just kind of need both of them and they have a big building. And so they're sticking both of them in the building. Yeah. Well, so uh, what do you know about the clinic? 
So it's called Churn Creek Wellness and Dental Care. And the dental clinic is your pretty basic, you know, general dentistry, annual cleanings, minor oral surgeries, whatever sort of checkups you might need for dental care. The recovery center has medication-assisted therapy to help people mm-hmm. struggling with substance misuse, so things like Suboxone. There's also going to be a behavioral health center where people can receive counseling, so both group and individual therapy. Um, this is all outpatient. There's no beds. No one will be spending the night. And I talked with Glenn Hayward this week, who's the executive director director of the Rancheria's tribal health system. And they're not even open yet. And he says the dental clinic already has a 10-month wait list. Dental care for the underserved has been a chronic problem for decades in this county. So we were not surprised. We knew that it was going to be completely impacted. We're already working to try and figure out how we make expansions and move other dentists from other campuses to help try and meet that need. So yeah, clearly, clearly high need. 10 month wait list. Yeah, not even open. Um, He said a lot of these new patients that are calling are moms trying to schedule appointments for their kids who might have never seen a dentist, even Mm. though they might be eight, nine, 10 years old. And also want to note that patients do not have to be Native American to go to this clinic, but the clinic is really trying to focus on underserved populations. So they're only going to accept health insurance through the partnership health program and through Medicaid. So you have to have one of those two if you want to go there. And so when is this clinic going to open? On Monday, December Mm. 4th. Um, So coming right up, anyone can call and make an appointment. Again, it's called Churn Creek Wellness and Dental Care. It's on Churn Creek Road, and it's on the southeast side of Reading. So if you need any mental health care or dental care, you can give them a call. All right. Um, You've been continuing to crank out stories uh, this week and to continue on the lighthearted story theme. Uh, You did some uh, coverage of holiday plays in the region that are coming up. What are some highlights that people can expect this season? Yeah, it is. It's a good news week. It's nice. So yeah, it's the holiday season. There's lots of shows and plays happening all across Southern Oregon, far Northern California. Uh, The Nutcracker Ballet is a classic and a personal favorite. That's going to be at the Arkley Center in Eureka, Cascade Theater in Redding, and Studio Roxander in Central Point. Um, The Eureka Theater is performing a show called Sugar Plums and Stocking Stuffers, which is a drag and burlesque show on December 7th. Uh, In Ashland, we've got the Oregon Cabaret Theater performing Christmas at the Prime Rib Playhouse, which is a holiday musical. And then the Randall Theater Company in Medford is staging Not the Same Old Christmas Carol, which is sort of a new telling of the classic uh, Dickens tale. So that's a quick highlight. If you want more, more details and links, you can go to our website as well. Perfect. And now I'm going to turn back to you, Eric. So you recently reported a story with our colleague, Juliet Grable, and it's about a species of endangered fish that lives in the Klamath Falls area and some efforts to help keep those fish alive. What are these fish, first of all? So these would be the Lost River and Short Nose Sucker. Um, we've had stories about these fish in the past. They're also known as Chwam and Koptu in the Klamath tribe's language. And um, basically, there there are two species of fish that are really important to the Klamath tribes. Um, You know, when I've spoken to tribal members about that, they've talked about how these are historically one of the first species that would come back in the spring um, after winter. So they sort of provided this sustenance role for the tribes. They appeared as characters in some of the tribe's stories. Um, When I spoke to past tribal chairman Don Gentry, um, he told me that, you know, these were even a fish species that was included in their treaty rights. But uh, the 
problem today is that there's so few of these fish left that they can't even harvest them. So um, both species are endangered. Um, they're at risk of going extinct fairly soon. Um, so in addition to having protections um, under the Endangered Species Act, they also um, are sort of at the center of these conflicts over water involving the tribes because they want to try to create the best habitat to allow these fish to recover. So um, all that said, Juliet and I recently went to a program where they were releasing about 100 of these endangered species into the Sprague River near Chiloquin. Okay, cool. So you focused on one of these efforts to keep the fish alive, which is a captive rearing program. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so it's a program that's run by the Klamath tribes. Um, they're rearing hundreds of these fish. It's sort of similar to a hatchery program, but basically what they do is they go out and they collect these fish as babies, and then they... Um, keep them alive for like five or six years. Um, and they've built all these ponds around their facility in Chiloquin. Um, and it's been described to me as sort of a race against time um, where they're trying to get these juvenile fish to the point where they're big enough that they can survive in Upper Klamath Lake. Um, and, um, you know, some of these, one of the species could go extinct within five years. So the situation is pretty dire. Oh man, we're getting on the bad news train now. I know, sorry to bring things down. <laughs> So why are these fish so at risk of going extinct? So it really is kind of death by a thousand cuts. Um, so there's poor water quality in Upper Klamath Lake where they live, um, runoff from agricultural fertilizers and just sort of natural nutrients in the area. Um, what that does is it goes into the lake, it causes these big algae blooms to occur, and the algae eats all the oxygen or consumes all the oxygen, and then there's not um, a good habitat for the fish. Um, the wetlands around the lake um, have uh, been drained for agriculture. Um, drought has made it hard for them to get to their spawning grounds, all these different things. So now there's these uh, big efforts to keep them alive. And so they just release the fish. So what happens next? So um, it's a little bit of a waiting game. So uh, these fish are, they've all been given pit tags, passive integrative transponders, um, which allow them to uh, be part of a large scale database to try to track you know, the survival of the fish and um, how they're going to be doing. So um, the hope is that, you know, they'll release, uh, they released 100 this winter. They're hoping that they're going to be coming back in the spring and they'll be old enough to uh, spawn. And so there hopefully will be some baby fish. Um, the Klamath Tribes has a goal of releasing 10,000 fish per year, if I'm correct. Um, and then the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is sort of doing a parallel program where they're trying to release 60,000 fish per year. So it's just this like massive effort to try and keep these fish alive. Um, and so um, hopefully that will... Hopefully, this phenomenal effort will pay off. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Eric. That's it for this week's debrief. Thanks for listening. You can reach the newsroom with comments on our coverage and suggestions for things we should cover in the future through our news tip line on our website. You can find this program and more at jeffexchange.org or all the other platforms. 